by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, that was incredibly frustrating, and then it kind of wasn't, and then it really was. Welcome to Game Over Calgary, everyone. I'm Peter Klein, he's Robert Munich, and this is a show that we do with great passion and uh, fun after every Flames game, even ones like the one we watched tonight. Uh, We will get into how bad of a loss that was, how good parts of it were, and how we can change this team so we quit pulling our hair out and start drinking in the second period, not speaking for everyone here. Uh, Before we get to Robert's thoughts, uh, I do have to ask, think you know how it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 years and older, please play responsibly. If gambling is an area that you have issues with, there are links in the show notes where you can get some help um robert first of all welcome sir how are you tonight thank you thank you well i was doing good uh until the overtime loss tonight um but you know it's been a good day it was pretty much the definition of a lazy sunday just plopping my butt on the couch and watching the nfl and the nhl today so i mean it's been a good day but tough uh tough last about 10 minutes here yeah, it's not great, the the ending to it. I was with you watching football all day, um, and the, the fine folks at Sports Interaction might have a few extra dollars for me because I thought the Flames would then win this game by two goals tonight, so that was fun. Uh, but no, it's a, a fun Sunday. We have uh, playoff football to look forward to as well. Uh, but let's get into this now. Um, the Flames lose to... Um, Statistically, the worst team in the NHL, Um, just roster wise, one of the worst teams in the NHL. Is this a, oh my God, the sky is falling loss? Is this a, ah, they got 47 shots and they lost? How, where is your, oh my God, what did we just watch kind of meter at for this one? I think in these situations, you kind of have to put emotion to the side and you have to take a look at it from just kind of like a, a sober standpoint. Try to be as logical as you can. Because I actually think the Flames, they played a pretty good game. Um, the first period wasn't ideal, but I thought the game really turned after Dan Vladar. He made a huge save in the second period, and then Michael Stone took a fight. Um, I think it was against Jake McCabe there, and I thought the Flames really turned their game around. And from that point on, they were really, really good. And once again, I mean, they hit posts. They can't bury chances. Like, like they're coming so close to winning these hockey games, so... I, I'm going to take a positive from it. I still think they're playing good enough hockey where they can be a playoff team, but I mean, pretty soon they got to start getting results, especially against these bad teams. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And like, while, while not all shots are, shots are created equal, they got 47, which is fine. Not a ton of scoring chances though. Um, and I do think of the two teams, the worst one won today, not just based on like who the teams are, but in, in that 60 minutes of hockey or 60 plus minutes, I guess, of hockey that we got, I think the Flames were the better team for most of it. I am getting a little bit frustrated, like 47 shots against what was Alex Stalock should be good enough to get you more than two. Um, or three, I guess it was tonight. It, it should be enough to, to win you a hockey game. Finishing is, I think, becoming a real issue. And I think part of it is not creating high danger chances is becoming, I think, even a bigger issue for the Flames. That, that's kind of where I see things from an, an offensive standpoint for this team anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, so like, like a question for you. 
Do you think it's more of the Daryl Sutter system or do you think it's more of like a roster construction skill issue? Because, I mean, they they seem to be able to score a lot of goals last season playing Daryl Sutter hockey, but it's not happening this year. Yeah, I, I do think part of it is is roster construction. I think part of it is the Daryl Sutter system, but maybe not, not the part uh, that they would think. I think part of it is, and he made a hell of a play today to set up a goal, the Daryl Sutter system currently has a fourth-line player playing second-line minutes for your team <laughs> with two of your best offensive players. I'm going to suggest that might hinder things a bit. And again, that's an excellent play. On the, the face-off, it's tied up. He reaches in, pokes it forward, Huberto scores, uh, and we're all very, very happy for a little bit. So a, a great play. He scored the other night. He he has been okay, but when you're trying to unlock the potential of some of your top players, I would suggest that's not necessarily where it needs to go. So I, I would say mm -hmm. having five top six players in your top six might be holding them back a little bit. So if that's roster construction or Daryl Sutter or what, um, I, I think that that, that is a, a bit of an issue. Where do you kind of, when we're serving the blame pie, where do you give the, the biggest piece to for that? Well, comparing it to last year, so... Um, I think this is this is a pretty interesting stat. So actually, I reached out to Natural Stat Trick on Twitter, and I asked them last season um, when the Flames' top six were not on the ice. So Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, Magipani, Backlund, Coleman. When they were not on the ice last year, the Flames got outscored twenty-four to forty-one at five on five. Okay. And when Lindholm, um, Kachuk, and Gaudreau were not on the ice, I believe the Flames they got outscored by two at five on five. So that tells me that pretty much the the top nine last year, um, it was pretty mediocre. And I think we're seeing that same thing this year. The problem is this year, we don't have a first line that's that's carrying us like we did last year. Um, for me, if we're going to play the blame game, I put quite a bit of it on Jonathan Huberto so far. I mean, as of uh, before the game, he was on pace for only 57 points this year, which would have been the worst uh, production since his third year in the NHL, which I believe was in 14-15. That's not good. This is a player that the Flames need to be a point-per-game player, at least. That's like the bare minimum amount of production that you need from Jonathan Huberto this year. And if he's on pace for 57, 58 points, um, doing the math here, so 24 points that, that he, he needs an extra 24 or 34 points to get to the point-per-game, that's you know 24 to 34 goals that the Flames are missing out on right now, mm -hmm. which they desperately need. So... I think he is the guy that's got to get going. The most important thing, in my opinion, in the second half of the season for the Flames is to figure out how to get that guy going. Yeah, because when, when they make the trade, it's okay. You you have now, like, the he and Goudreau had the same amount of points last year, so you've now replaced the Goudreau points. Look at that. Um, he he hasn't done that this year. And you're right, like, it, that that is... Because when he gets going... I think it unlocks everyone else, right? And as uh, it was pointed out here by Mars in the uh, the, the chat, Kadri was good tonight. But mm -hmm. when if Huberto can get going, I think that can take, if he's playing with Kadri, that can take Kadri to another level. And whoever the other winger is, God willing, it's not Lucic, whoever that other player is, then they get raised to another level as well. Like he really is the guy who can be the, the rising tide that lifts all the ships, right? Like when he gets mm -hmm. going, it's not just him, it's Lindholm, it's Kadri, it's all these other guys that can really start to, to benefit from that it it seems like an unfair amount of pressure to be putting on a guy in his first year but he kind of is the straw that needs to serve this drink right now i honestly i don't even think it's unfair pressure on the guy because in his last um four or five seasons he's been over a point per game um if you look at uh like an 82 game point pace throughout the last four seasons i believe he's over 90 points in all of those seasons so wow. he's proven he's a point per game slash you know 90 plus point player so i think that's a pretty realistic expectation for him this year. And it just, he just hasn't lived up to it. But 
I'm still hopeful that he's going to pick it up in the second half. I mean, we all heard the excuses. You know, he's getting used to Calgary. Um, you know, he misses Florida. It's just not the same environment, different coach, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard it. I'm hoping that's uh, a real narrative that actually turns out to be true. But yeah, this first half has been pretty bad right now. Yeah. I just, um, quick question for you that I just thought of right now. Okay. Uh, I know we're going to be talking a little bit about some trade deadline acquisitions uh, later on the show here. But I'm curious, do you think with Jonathan Hubro sign that contract, do you think the Flames would be able to trade him right now? Oh, geez. Um, I think I'm hearing that same could. question about JT Miller in Vancouver because Miller just signed that contract. So I was wondering maybe the same thing with Huberto. Like, is there a team out there that would be willing to take on that contract after seeing the performance he's put on so far this year? The thing with Miller is he has just been um, an unmitigated disaster this year, right? <laughs> like, there, there's the controller disconnected moments and he's yelling at his goalie on the ice and he's getting into screaming matches with Luke Shen on the ice and then criticizing the media. Oh, I don't think that's anyone's business. Okay. If it's not, don't do it in front of God, 20,000 people and everyone out on the ice. Like, keep it within the locker room here, sir. Um, with, with Huberto, his issues, like with, with me, this is now unnecessary piling on. Miller's issues are he aren't, he isn't that good. Huberto, his issues, I, I do think there is a lot of, he's still getting, maybe not used to Calgary, although it sucked here for a while. Um, like weather-wise, it was minus 30. So like that bummed me out and I'm used to it. Um, but for, for him, he's getting used to new line mates. Um, twice he's had to because Daryl switched the lines up on everybody. Um, so I, I do think there's a little bit of him getting acclimated. And I think for uh, uh, like, contending team, which I still think the Flames are, but we'll get into that discussion a little bit later on. Um, for for a, a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, I think you could talk yourself into that pretty quickly, where with JT Miller, like, he just seems like just the last, maybe not the last guy, but one of the last guys you'd want in your locker room right now. So I, I think yeah. Hero's reputation, and given all of the variables going into this year, I think you probably still could. What What do you think? Uh, I personally don't just because you look at the cap situation across the league. There's only like, like for example, like Jacob Verona, I think only six or seven teams could have brought him in. And the guy makes just a little over 5 million. You know, Huberto is going to make 10 and a half million for eight years. Uh, I think he's going to be 29 or 30 years old to start the contract. That's uh, that's a risky deal to yeah. say the least. I, I hope and pray it works out. I know everybody in Calgary is cheering for him, including myself. Like I want him to be a really good player so badly. Uh, but just like I said, just kind of hasn't worked so far. So, I mean, fingers crossed it happens in the second half of the season. Um, this is Game Over Calgary. I'm Peter Klein. He is Robert Munich. I forgot to tell you, you could find him on Twitter at Ring of Fire CGY. Um, a must follow during Flames games and just during the hockey season and at all times. Um, with some great content with Flames Nation, we'll talk about his um, trade targets piece coming up in a little bit. Like this video, share it with your friends. We got 29 people in the chat right now, um, and we have less than that in terms of likes. So, Come on, this has been a good show so far. I've made some great references, and Mo Robert has brought the intelligence to the program. Um, so like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. We're really trying to grow this thing. Algorithms have not been our friends so far. Turns out having live videos when YouTube's like, ah, oh, we're going to chill on live videos hasn't really been phenomenal. So we're trying to, to get this thing rolling. So like the video, share it with all of your friends, uh, and let's keep this thing rolling. Let's go into the chat here for the first time today. It's been an active chat. David has been very busy. Um, David points out um, Max Domi's play in the chat. We're not going to talk about him in, in trade targets. He's someone who I've had a soft spot for, but who I have recognized 
in terms of like actually producing, hasn't done a whole lot. Um, he, he doesn't make the the trade targets thing, but would he be the type of guy who maybe like if we're 45 minutes away from the deadline, the Flames haven't gotten anyone yet, is just kind of a fuck it, let's go get someone, let's go get Max Domi. <laughs> would he would he have any interest to, to you from a Flames standpoint? A little bit. I think pretty much in that exact scenario you just described, if it's, oh my God, we haven't acquired anybody yet and there's nobody else available, uh, maybe. Um, but he's, he definitely wouldn't be like, you know, like a top five on, on my trade board for sure. Yeah. But I, I like the player. I do. I, and I like kind of like the swagger he brings to the game and he's got some good skill, but uh, I don't think he's what the Flames need. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, left-handed Penn Minna regular in the chat uh, saying, bad start to the game, bad line change leading to a goal, bad start to the second, massive regression for the group against an awful team. It's just all bad. Look, there was a stretch in the middle where it wasn't that bad, but yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. Um, yeah. That bad start was just so debilitating. Um, and we got a bunch more going on in the chat. We'll get to that a little bit later, but this just tied in perfectly to everything. That bad start, like, the Flames are a better team than the Blackhawks, but you, you can't just set yourself back two goals and just hope everything's going to be fine. Like, you're not that much better than teams. I don't know if it was just they were in Chicago for a Saturday night um, with the night off or what was going on, but they looked like they wanted to be anywhere else but the hockey rink for mm -hmm. this game at the, the start of it. That was awful. It was. I mean... I don't want to make excuses, but I mean, it was a travel day yesterday and then there was an optional skate this morning. Like you said, who knows? Maybe the guys went out last night and had a good time. You never know. So, I mean, all that might have contributed to it, but uh, they can't do that. They can't do that against teams like Chicago. You can't play down to your competition like that. I mean, the Flames, they've already lost games to Columbus and Montreal and now Chicago. Like you can't be losing these games and getting off to a good starts key in them. So uh, it, not ideal, <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> the chat was right. The chat was very, very right on that, especially with what you have coming up. Right. Like these next four games are huge. It's St. Louis, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville, right? Um, Dallas is ahead because they've had a very good start to the season. But St. Louis and Nashville are teams you are directly competing with. And now to lose what was with all due respect to the Blackhawks, which is none, um, you lose the gimme on this road trip and you get a point yeah. out of it, which I, I, I guess like snaps for you, but th this was, this was supposed to be the easy one you put in the bank before you go and face the, the, the blues and the preds and the stars. Like th this was, uh, I think in terms of the road trip, this was one they needed to have tonight. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I don't I, tonight I just felt like it was one of those games where every mistake the flames made, it kind of ended up in the back of their net. So, I mean, you, you look at the, the, the first two goals in the first period. Um, it was a bit of a miscommunication on the second and, Bad line change, um, like the person in the chat said. And then, you know, Milan Lucic lo loses his guy. All of a sudden, there's a Blackhawk wide open at the side of the net. It's a goal. Um, the Hawks' first goal, uh, I thought Nikita Zadorov, he he lost a battle in front of the net there on the Reichel goal. So, I mean, those are just, those are two plays. If Lucic finds his guy in the second goal, Zadorov wins that battle in the first goal. I mean, those are avoidable plays. I mean, the Flames probably should have got away um, out of that game, but... You know, mental mistakes. They got off to a terrible start, and you know, here we are talking about it. Yeah, I, I thought like what the Flames had the puck for a bunch of this game, as is referenced by almost fifty shots. But when they didn't defensively, I thought they were putrid tonight. Like they, um, that that Stone Zadorov pairing seemed yeah. to get just their heads caved in. All they got night. lit up. Yeah, they, they were uh, just stuck in the defensive zone. It felt like all night, and any time it was. 
uh, either like a Blackhawks goal or one of those like, man, they've spent the entire shift in here. You looked out there and there's 16 and 26 just kind of running around like their pants are on fire. And I get like Stone has been a fun story and Zadorov, we saw good Zadorov in the last game. I think this was bad Zadorov. But um, th- these like... Stone is nice to have. He's not nice to need. And I think the Flames kind of need to get to a point where you can bring Stone in every few games just to mix it up a bit. I I think he is now being relied on a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it it was a nice story. He seems like a great guy, but it's just not really working in that number six spot. And um, actually, I wrote about that at Flames Nation saying that the Flames, one of the things they need at the trade deadline is they need a bottom pair defenseman. They need somebody that can can give Mike Stone uh, a few rests because... I think Daryl Sutter, he's been playing five defensemen pretty much all season. And that's just not sustainable, especially when you have Chris Tanev, who's been in and out of the lineup. He's been hurt this year. Um, You need six guys. You need to be able to roll out three pairings like the Flames did all of last season. And it's just not happening right now. Um, It's it's pretty interesting. You know, going to the season, we thought defense was going to be one of the strong uh, parts of this team. Because you had Oliver Shillington coming back after a great year. We had, you know, we thought Yusuf Alamaki might be able to take a step. Uh, we thought Connor Mackey might have been able to take a step, and none of that's happened for all different kinds of reasons. So, um, yeah, they they need a defenseman badly for yeah. sure. Yeah, the um, the that depth that the Flames had on blue line. I remember maybe it was last season, or maybe it was even just the most recent one. Maybe you trade Hannafin for another top yeah. six player because of all the blue defensemen you have, <laughs> and now you look up and it's like, oh my god, I don't know what a Dennis Gilbert is, but he's playing twenty minutes. Like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. it, it, and you're right, it's just a combination of things. Like Tanev, he's been phenomenal with the Flames, but. 82 games is, is kind of a big ask from him at this point. Um, Oliver Shillington is off dealing with, with his issues, and we hope uh, everything is all right with him. Um, Yusuf Alamaki is now an Arizona Coyote, and Connor Mackey, it, it, three years of just like sitting and watching hasn't really helped, apparently, because he, I don't think, has turned into the guy that people hoped he would be at this point. So it, it's just like all of a sudden, everything is snowballed, and now, oh, we have too many defensemen. Now it's like, oh, my God, we have four. Like, it, yeah. it, it became <laughs> it became a problem very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I even remember, like, coming into the season, I heard Craig Conroy, he was, uh, I think he was on the fan, and he was talking about Connor Mackey. He's like, oh, Mackey's ready to go. Like, he's ready to make this step. And, you know, everyone was getting excited about it. And and he's been really bad, too. And, you know, the D. Simones of the world haven't been able to step up or Nick Malosh or any of those guys either. So, yeah, yeah. depth is uh, depth is not a strength right now on the blue line for the Calgary Flames, to say the least. No, no, it most <laughs> certainly is not. Um, I do want to get to a couple of things. That were, there were a couple of positives in this before we get into the, the trade conversation. Um I think Vladar should have started this game anyway. They they started the broadcast saying that Markstrom had played 12 of his last 15. I I would want him to play at least three of the games on this road trip, probably four. I thought tonight was a good time to get him an extra couple of days rest. And it turns out they did with just a period and a bit mixed in there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, actually, I thought tonight Dan Vladar was by far the Flames' best player. Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, outstanding. Um, he he made three or four like unbelievable saves there. Um, a couple on cross ice one timers too. Like he was really really good. You, I think you make a good point about him probably starting uh, this game, especially because I mean, it was against the Blackhawks. You probably want Markstrom playing against the Blues and the and the Predators in those important games on this road trip. So I uh, I like where your head's at on that one. Um, but it, it was great to see that from Vladaris. And I think being a backup goalie is a lot more difficult than people think. Because, I mean, Vladar, he's not even on the bench. He was in the hallway. So he's sitting in the hallway by himself, the whole game just isolated. He's not warmed up. 
and he has to come in at the snap of a finger and essentially save the game for the Flames and keep them in it. That's incredibly difficult to do. So shout out to Dan. That was that was very impressive tonight. Yeah, and he was excellent. I, I thought he bailed the Flames out on a few chances. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about this positively a whole lot this season. The Flames power play looked like an NHL power hey, play tonight. Two goals. Right, yeah. And like, they were moving the puck. The players were moving. It, all, everything was great about it tonight. Um, I'm not saying you need to get two goals a game, but boy, that seems like, I don't know if they finally decided to practice it once or what happened there, but that power play did not look recognizable compared to what we've seen from the Flames in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I would maybe disagree a little bit For from what I saw tonight. I thought that the power play was uh, very simple. There, oh, okay. It was just... A lot of a lot of work around the outside, like we've seen all season. There weren't like many uh, cross ice passes or low to high passes, like we've seen in the past for, or seen on good power plays. Tonight, it just seemed like it was kind of like the same power play, but just the puck just happened to go in. <laughs> if that makes sense, I mean. And then on the second one, there was a bit of a lucky bounce because Lindholm came from behind the net, tried to get a shot on goal. It bounced right to Nazem Kadri, and he made no mistake. So I mean, a bit of a lucky bounce on that one, but um, yeah, I thought. I thought they were simple. I thought they got a lot of shots to the net. I thought they got bodies to the net because um, I know Lindholm and Huberto were net front on the first goal, the first power play goal tonight. So it's a step in the right direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I, I still, I think it lacks kind of like that dynamic element. Um, you remember last year we, we'd watch Johnny Gaudreau, you know, rip cross ice passes to Elias Lindholm, and you know he cradled them and, and ripped them home. Where Kachuk would take a puck from down below the goal line and feed it into the slot. You know, we're not seeing those types of plays. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff from the outside, a lot of shots. Um, it's just a simple power play. But yeah, tonight just felt like just they just the goals just went in, the puck just went in, and but they were kind of the same as as in the past. Okay, that's fair. I I thought there was a little bit more from them, but it, it certainly wasn't like where you want it to be. Absolutely. Um, and I thought Huberto again, to, to bring it back to what we talked about earlier, I thought Huberto was going to be that power play guy who was zipping passes across. Like he just mm-hmm. sees the game so well that you, you think he'd be able to, to find those holes and it just hasn't really happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. And Nazem Kadri, we don't have to go like Nazem Kadri was really good that there isn't a whole lot else you can kind of say off of that. He, he's just, he's been the flames best player for a lot of games this year. And I thought he was um, in, in the non Dan Vladar category. I thought he was the flames best player again tonight. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, Kadri's been really good as of late. So at, at Flames Nation, I read like a reoccurring piece called Good, Bad and Ugly. And uh, for the last five game segment, I, I called out Nazem Kadri for his good play. Like, I think he's playing with a ton of pace. Um, he's he's driving offense. I think his line mates are letting him down right now, both Milan Lucic and Jonathan Huberto, because I, I really think Kadri's playing at, a, at an elite level right now. Yeah. Um. So hopefully he keeps that up. And one... Uh, one thing I've, I've kind of started to think about a little bit, I know before the season, one of the big talking points was who's going to be captain? You know, who's going to be captain this year or next year? I think Kadri might be at the top of that list right now, heading into next season. Um, that's just me. I, I've really liked his game on and off the ice. He seems like a great uh, representative for the team. Uh, you know, he'll be at the All-Star game. And I mean, we saw that video the other day when he gave uh, that that little kid's uh, a stick during warm-up. I mean, that's what hockey's all about. And it's great to see him doing stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've loved his game. Really, oh. really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nazem Kadri is good. We have established this now. Uh, <laughs> um, left-handed penman again uh, asking in the chat here. Uh, again, like the video, share it. Um, if you missed any of this, or it's available on podcast after, um, or you can just watch this video after as well. Uh, but subscribe to the podcast. Just search Game Over NHL, and it'll be there. Uh, left-handed penman asking is if Luch isn't getting scratched, which he probably isn't for a while, much to our chagrin. Then who comes out to let Pelche in? 
Um, to me, it would be Lewis. Uh, I'm not a big Lewis fan. He had a couple of moments tonight, um, but I, I just I. I think when he's not playing with Backlund and Coleman, he hasn't really added a whole lot. Um, so he would he would kind of be the obvious choice for me. Where, where would you go? I Okay, so if it's me, I would probably agree with you. I'd probably take out Lewis for a couple. Um, what I think Daryl Sutter will do is I think he'll take Adam Rizicka out for a couple. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's, he's talked to the media recently about how his game has kind of fallen off. Uh, he barely played tonight. I know uh, Daryl likes Sahorna at center, so... My guess is that Ruzichka will probably come out, but I'm with you. If it was up to to me, I would probably I probably go down the the Lewis road. Yeah, yeah, I I like what Zahorna's brought so far. Um, yeah, me too. And I I think like Ruzichka, I think he has been fine, but um, it, it certainly has cooled off there for sure. Um, mm. All right, let's keep the the chat going here. Someone that this is the problem. Like a. Um, for, for us, the chat is a slight bit delayed and B, I say a lot of shit. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of just a motor mouth. So someone in the chat just said, yikes. And I don't have a fucking clue what that's in reference to. So I, I'm sure, um, it was, uh, to, to the reference of, uh, how much Lucic is playing or something that the person yeah. said, like, not, not, not the performance that you and I are putting on right now. No, 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 it no, no, can't, no. can't be. No, we're, we're definitely more cadre than Lucic uh, with this yes. performance that we're putting on here. Uh, left-handed penman again saying, I read good, bad, and ugly, or read good, bad, and ugly today. Good article. Thumbs up. So there you go. Thank um, you. Appreciate it, it. And now comes critically acclaimed. Uh, someone just says, go Flames, go. Uh, S says, Hubie's been better as of late, and Kadri just needs a winger to help out. I do think Huberto has been better, but it, it's still, it's not close to where this team needs him to be. And yeah, Kadri, they, th- this Lucic thing, I just, I don't, I don't get it with, with like, I, I understand um, that they want a, a little bit more like, like they, they like what Lucic can bring, but I just, I don't understand what it's supposed to look like. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be a bad host and not let you respond to that. Cause I just got the warning on zoom that we have 10 minutes left and I want to get into trade pieces here. So um, Timo Meyer is at the top of the trade targets thing. I think we're both in agreement. A top nine forward is a, a necessity for this team. Uh, Meyer would fall more into the top six category. I like him a lot. That oh, cap yeah. hit seems like it would be a bit of a hindrance necessarily, but that that is one where I would try to to make that work to, to get that done. Uh, I know he was at the top of your list. Um, is that like, is he number one for your trade target as well? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think he is just an absolute beast and I think he is everything this team needs right now. He's uh, he's six one. He's two hundred twenty pounds. So he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be able to play that Daryl Sutter aggressive checking style of hockey. Uh, he's twenty six years old. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, he's on pace for forty goals right now. Like he's he's a great great player. I think he'd be a perfect fit with uh, Kadri and and Huberto. Um, but like you said, he's making six million bucks right now. So you know San Jose is probably gonna have to eat half of that and. If you look at uh, the acquisition costs, it's probably going to be at least a first-round pick, you know, plus, plus. And San Jose is going to have to eat probably half of that cap hit. So be a really difficult trade to make. But my goodness, if, if you could bring that guy to the Flames, I think that would be huge. Is, is he first on your, oh, uh, yes. yeah. your trade list? Yeah. Yeah, like he, he is. And he has been for a bit now. Like ever since San Jose started to wobble, it's like I want that dude. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Hurdle was there as well for me, but that now I'm getting greedy. But um, <laughs> for like Meyer, he, he is just like he he is what Daryl thinks Lucic is, right? Like a, a big dude who can play, who can play top six minutes. Like he is actually that dude. And pardon my language, he seems like he's just a motherfucker to play against, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when the Flames play the Sharks, it just seems like he's a problem a lot. And I I would like to have that on the Flames. I think that would be uh, beneficial. You mentioned the first round pick, and I, that, that's something I want to talk about. The Flames, as they sit right now, um, at the exact halfway point of the season, are at 46 points. They are Three points up on the Avalanche and Blues for the uh, for wild card spots. They are ahead of the Edmonton Oilers, so Calgary has the first wild card spot. If you are the Flames, are you comfortable enough with where you are at to be trading a first round pick right now? I think you have to be, and the reason why is because this summer, Bradtree Living and Murray Edwards they pushed all their chips in the middle, and we're going for a Stanley Cup. You sign John Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and Nazem Kadri, those massive extensions. All those guys are going to be into their late 30s on those contracts. So in my opinion, they have they have two years to win. I, I really believe that. Once the 2024 season comes, I don't know what this team's going to look like, but I think they have two years, and I think they should do everything they can in their power to maximize this roster at this point in time. So if I'm them, first-round picks, you know, A prospect like one of like their big prospects i'd be willing to ship out this year for a buyer or someone to help on the back end because in my opinion like you you have to go for it tre living yeah. set the direction of this team um and they just they have to go they they can't they can't do it um they can't not bring in those players in my opinion where, where do you stand on that i i'm in agreement with you um i think for tre living it's a screw it if this doesn't work i'm getting i'm not coming back anyway um, sure. So I think for him it makes sense, but for this team, you're right. Like if they would have traded Kachuk for a boatload of prospects and picks, then like that this is, th- this is different, right? But this team made those moves. We had the summer of Brad for the Flames to be in a spot to contend, um, and so you. You, you need to be moving that first round pick. I, I completely agree with you. You just, you take that gamble. And I know this is a deep first round uh, class, but I think you, you have to. I, I'm of the opinion now, and it's not what I want to do, but if you're not going to trade Matthew Phillips, or if you're not going to play Matthew Phillips, trade him, right? Like, his value is never going to be higher. Like I, I, I think this is a very big year for the Flames, and I think they have a couple of chips anyway to, to kind of play with. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to trade one of Wolf, Coronado, Pelletier, Zeri? Uh, it would have to be like... Have to be Meyer type of level? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it for Luke Shen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, like it, it would have to be mm-hmm. Meyer or someone of that ilk that I'm not thinking of right now. Like one of mm-hmm. one of those, like a dude, dude, who's not just coming in to just kind of help out um, like a bottom like a fourth line thing. I, I, I'm going to need that guy to come in and have an impact on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had a couple of uh, other ones. I love the Kuzmenko suggestion just because of how affordable he is. I, in the same kind of ilk, I want Paul Yarvi from Edmonton. Sorry. Uh, Dennis just came in and was, uh, is helping us like try to bump up the likes. And now I'm trying to pluck young talent from his team. Um, <laughs> Dennis, amazing job on game over Edmonton, by the way, that's the last good thing I'll say about Edmonton. Um, but I like, Poole Yarvey, I think, would be perfect for the Flames. I don't think Edmonton wants to trade him, but I think I, I loved the the Kuzmenko inclusion in the uh, in the article. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's literally the perfect fit. So he's right-handed. He's super skilled. He's almost a point per game this year, and he makes less than a million dollars as a UFA at the end of the year. So, like, you you literally cannot 
find a more perfect fit for the Flames. But my only question is, is Daryl Sutter actually going to use them if they acquire him? Because yeah. I mean, this is Kuzmenko's first full year in the NHL. He's still a pretty inexperienced player in North American ice. I'm not so sure Daryl Sutter would be too thrilled with that acquisition, but uh, I think he'd be the perfect fit. Yeah, that's when Richard Living brings him in. It's like, listen, <laughs> I need you to play him. I'm not yeah. giving up a, a, a second, a fourth, and uh, a prospect here to to bring this kid in. For him to play eight minutes of ni- a night with Lewis and Lucic, like let's mm-hmm. let let's actually work this kid in here, shall we? Then that's that's to me the most important thing of the trade deadline is you need a guy that's going to get the Daryl Sutter approval. Because yeah. I mean, we could t- we could talk about all different kinds of players, but as long as Daryl Sutter likes him and gives you the check mark on him, then everything's going to be okay. But um, Kuzmenko's a guy, yeah, like I said, I I don't know if Sutter would like him that much. But um, he's he's a great player and literally would be a perfect fit. Yeah, uh, another one who would be a perfect Daryl guy. Uh, and you met, as soon as I saw it on uh, on the the story that you had on Flames Nation and all the Daryl quotes, it's like, oh, this makes perfect sense. It's Luke Shen. Like that yeah. that just the the other defensive options admittedly kind of made me Ugh, a little bit. Like I, I feel for like sure. if if you acquired those guys, you're still looking for a, a, a defenseman who can help you. You just have more guys who can kind of help. But I, I think Shen is someone who he has been phenomenal for Vancouver this year. Um, I think he is someone who would really bolster things right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were to look at Daryl Sutter's checkbox for a bottom pairing defenseman, Luke would literally check off every box there. Yes. Because like he leads the league in hits, so he's big and he's physical. Uh, he's a right shot. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's got playoff experience. He played for Daryl. You know, he's good leader. He's good in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think Daryl Sutter's mouth is watering when he just thinks of the idea of Luke Shen on his blue line. And honestly, that's that's a guy I absolutely see this club going after. But 100%. it's it will it it will cost uh, quite a bit because I I know there'll be a lot of other teams in the NHL like Luke Shen is like a hockey man's dream. Like they love this kind of guy. So my guess is he'll probably cost like at least a second round pick. And I could totally see the Flames doing it. Well, and he's cheap too, right? Like that contract yeah. is so inexpensive. Uh, he makes less than a million dollars and is a UFA at the end of the year. So it's it's perfect contractually as well. Uh, all right. I've apparently watched too many bad coaches in the NFL today because my clock management's been terrible. Uh, we are at the two-minute warning now. Uh, so, Robert, l- let the people know where they can find you. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Ring of Fire CGY, and then I also write for Flames Nation. And I also uh, do some Flames highlights on YouTube, Ring of Fire CGY as well. So check me out on those. It is a must-follow for Flames fans and hockey fans in general. Uh, Robert, this was a blast, man. I followed you online for a bit. Happy to, to be able to virtually have this conversation today. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. I appreciate the invite. Uh, all right. Uh, now you have to sit there and listen to me do the outro. Um, Perfect. The, uh, the Flames take on the St. Louis Blues coming up on Tuesday. That will be our next game over. It will be Audie and someone, uh, or just Audie. Who knows? Uh, but either way, Audie has you covered for that one as the Flames look to bounce back from whatever the hell that was tonight against the Blackhawks. Like this video, share it, subscribe to the channel. Thank you to everyone who was super active in the chat today. This was a whole lot of fun. Thank you to Robert. Again, you can find him at Ring of Fire CGY on social media. Uh, That's it for us. We will talk to you guys later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.